Hello and welcome to the Worst of the Muppets Holiday Edition, presented by ToughPigs.com. We all know that the Muppets have made some of the greatest films, specials, and TV episodes in history, but everyone makes mistakes, even Kermit the Frog. In this podcast miniseries, we'll be taking a closer look at some of the worst holiday specials the Muppets have ever been a part of. Truly, these are the proverbial lumps of coal in our stockings. This week, we'll be talking about Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree, in which Robert Downey Jr. and the Muppets simultaneously hit rock bottom in what is commonly agreed upon as the worst Muppet Christmas special of all time. But before we get into this mess, let's meet our special guest. He's a puppeteer, puppet builder, illustrator, and a longtime friend of Tough Pigs. Please welcome Noah Genex to the podcast. Hello, Noah. Hello. It is uh, great and awful to be here. <laughs> First of all, let me apologize to you. Uh, I forced you to watch Mr. Willoughby's Christmas Tree just so we could talk about it on this podcast, and that was a really mean thing for me to do. Yeah, it's okay. I, I was willing to do it for Tough Pigs. Um, and <laughs> I, I was del- I, w- I was delightfully surprised at how uh, how I could compartmentalize the terrible from the amazing. I'll That's say that. good. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing about both of those sides of the special. Yeah. Um, but first, can you tell me what is your history with the special? Do you, do you recall the first time you saw it? I saw it when it aired. Um, oh, I don't really? even remember what year it was. Uh, 1990. It was 1995. Five. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I remember at the time thinking. <laughs> what a giant turd it was <laughs> like and i didn't even i didn't know enough about the people involved yet to recognize w- what amazing potential was just squandered um uh in this you know thing that i mean made. i guess any bad muppet thing is going to feel like squandered potential you know, we know what they're capable of, and then for them to just crap the bed, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's like overly disappointing. We expected more from you. Come on, guys. Yes. It's like they got a little bit from every good thing that the Muppets have ever done, and like they all joined together and like <laughs> lit a fart on fire. <laughs> like, was... yeah, let's, yeah. <laughs> Let's actually talk about um, some of those people. So first of okay. all, before before we talk about the people who made this thing. So yes, this special came out in 1995. It was a yeah. half-hour TV special. Uh, and um, it aired on CBS. Wow. It was based on a picture book by Robert Berry from 1963. So this is not an original story. This is this is a... It was an original story in 1963, but not by the time the Muppets got their hands on it. Um, yeah. And... Uh, We'll we'll skip around a little bit this, the beginning here, but like we get this like opening uh, uh, credit crawl uh, at the top of the special, and you see names like executive producer Michael K. Frith, who yep. you know he he was the designer of Fozzie Bear and the Swedish Chef and the Muppet Babies and the Fraggles, and you're like whoa Michael Frith, and then it's teleplay by Mitchell Kriegman who created. Bear in the Big Blue House, and and Clarissa explains it all. Yeah, and you're like, whoa, that guy's famous. And then you see it's it's directed by John Stone, yeah, who's the executive producer of Sesame Street, the and like basically created Street. the TV show. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, we also, uh, I, can't, I can't remember if it's in the opening credits or the closing, but it's music by Michael and Patricia Silvershire, who wrote the theme songs for The Gummy Bears and Tailspin. <laughs> And that maybe that's not quite as exciting, but like gummy bears is an earworm, right? Well, and also the cast, like I guess at the time they weren't as like Stockard Channing was would go on to be had been, you know, like a star of Greece and would go on to be the like first lady on uh, the best political television show ever. You know, like she was uh, on the West Wing for all seven seasons or whatever. Uh, That's right. And like Leslie Nielsen and it just Robert Downey Jr. It should have been just so fantastic. It's weird that it, it seems like everyone that you just mentioned, including the Muppets, are at a weird place in their careers where they're just in between things. Like yeah. Robert Downey Jr. obviously had a huge uh, bout of success uh, through the 80s and into the 90s. And then like this is in his, his dark period, which we'll talk more about. And still like a decade before, uh, um, a decade, more Man. than a decade before he gets into Iron Man in the Marvel Universe. So yeah, he, he had uh, been Chaplin already, right? Oh, that's a good question. I my 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 Robert Downey Jr. timeline is not quite so well honed to know uh, off the top of my head, and I could Google it, but so could the people listening to this. You find out. That's right. <laughs> um, so this special starts with Kermit the Frog, the guy that you came here to see, right? Like you want to see Kermit, and he, he kind of like wanders into frame. He's wearing a top hat and a winter coat. He's looking all fancy, and in like the weirdest like stilted way of speaking, he goes, hi ho, Kermit the Frog here. Welcome. We must hurry or we'll be late for Mr. Willoughby's famous holiday party. Who is Mr. Willoughby? Good question. He's the very cheerful fellow who lives just beyond those trees. Who is this guy who's talking? That's not Kermit. Yeah. Kermit doesn't talk like that. And he like is limited to like one little section of the frame too. Like, uh, I don't know if it was in that shot, but or like one of the other ones. But like, he's standing there narrating in front of like just a very long, you know, like establishing shot of trees, and it's just he just it almost looks like a green screen. Just like he's you know standing. Well, there. it is. Well, sure. Yeah, but it's like, still, he's only chroma keyed in. Yeah, like a like a weatherman. You know, like standing there, like in here, it, <laughs> like he—it's not. Yeah, he's totally disconnected from the. It, unlike Emmett Otter, where he's you know riding a bike and he falls off and all yeah. this stuff. Like, it. In in Emmett Otter, he's riding a bike. In Christmas Toy, he's like climbing up and down the Christmas tree. Uh, the I'm sorry, the um the chimney. chimney yeah. Uh, you know, dressed as Santa. It's like there's fun stuff happening. And, like, yeah, he's not really part of the story, but, like, you get this sense of fun before anything happens. He is – there is absolutely no purpose to him being there except for the fact that they want to make sure that people know, oh, Muppets, I already like this. And you I know, was You don't have to prove yourself to me. Through the whole thing, I don't think Steve did anything else. He was just Kermit. So it's right. possible yeah. that he didn't even come up to New York to shoot it. Like – he could have just shot it on a green screen in Atlanta. And that's right. Like, that's why it looks so disconnected. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it gives you a sense of, of how they were, uh, um, uh, investing, how, how deep they were investing into this special. Yeah. It's like, we don't even need to get them here. You're fine. Do it at home. 
Right. You know, ship him the frog in a box. That's way cheaper than a, yeah, know. right. <laughs> yeah, get him a, get him the top hat. Uh, yeah, through, well, yeah. Was uh, he still wearing Amazon. his uh, Cratchit outfit from uh, from Christmas Carol? I mean, thankfully, it's not the it's not the Cratchit outfit. Uh, it is it is an updated Cratchit outfit. It's okay. definitely it seems a little bit uh, slightly more modern. Only only slightly. It seems like what Bob Cratchit would have worn if he was rich. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he introduces us to Mr. Willoughby. The, the first thing we see is Robert Downey Jr.'s Mr. Willoughby. He flings open his front doors, and he says those immortal words, where on earth, uh, this on this most Christmassy of Christmas Eves, can my arboretum arbor vitae be? And oh, yeah. who boy, is that a mouthful? And that's is not that the Latin? time he says it. I don't know. It's... it's not. It's it's. Uh, can I swear on this podcast? I insist that you swear. Because I don't podcast. know that it's Latin. I think it might just be bullshit. <laughs> like yeah, it's... yeah. It, do you, do you think it was in the script, or do you think that was just Robert Downey Jr. being like, "Don't worry, guys, I got this. I'll make up some words, and it'll sound super cool." <laughs> you know, it might. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, you have to think about Robert Downey Jr. at the time. Like now, he certainly wouldn't offer to make up stuff. Um, then maybe uh, he would have like thought himself, you know, the cleverest one in the room. Uh, oh, but boy, is it bad! I mean, we we have to address the elephant in the room, which is this era of Robert Downey Jr. He, you could tell, you could see it in his eyes. He yeah. is not present. No. I don't think he is of this earth. Um, you know, there's probably some sort of substance abuse going on, which, you know, we have sympathy for, especially if, if we now know he continues to be sober as far as we know. That's right. Um, but like, this is, like I said at the beginning, like this is, seems like him hitting his bottom. Like he doesn't even really know where he is. Like it's, it's more sad than funny. Yeah. Uh, and they mostly pin him to doing that one physical bit with Leslie Nielsen and the the vase that like he almost knocks over like seven or eight times and right I, I uh I think they probably knowing what I know about John Stone and how frustrated he could get with you know people not focusing and paying it he probably just was like okay he can do this one thing let's just do that a bunch you know right yeah john stone also is famously like okay we got it we got to move on you That's know right. like we're on a time frame so like that also might have been part of it but yes you're right so they're singing the song about the perfect tree which i guess is what arboretum arboretum means on and on and on he just does not know where it goes this tree on is. and on no, but yes, he's flinging his arms, and Leslie Nielsen's moving the vase out of the way every time he flings his arms. It's not very funny. And then he goes, Baxter, which is Leslie Nielsen's character's name, and Baxter drops the vase. And he says, where could my arboretum arbor vitae be? I, who cares, man? <laughs> um, so we also, in this moment, meet the Mouse family, uh, performed by Kevin Clash, Julianne Buescher, and David Rudman. Um, they are also looking for a perfect tree. God, what are the yeah. odds, right? Yeah. 
Um, they go outside to find their perfect tree. They spot it. It's how big do you think that tree is? Like twenty feet more? Uh, I don't know the the ceiling that they have to cut it down. It maybe thirty. Let's let's be generous and say it's a thirty foot tree, and these mice are like, it's our tree. We're taking it. (laughs) (laughs) They climb to the top. And, uh, but before they can do anything, uh, the tree's cut down by a bunch of, they're like lumberjacks, but also soldiers. Like but they're marching like they're feet. soldiers. Like we, yeah, only we only see their feet. See their feet. Yeah. Because yeah. if they are only feet, they can get anybody to play them. Like just right. throw some matching pants on Bill Beretta and like, you know, the 16 other additional cast members or whatever. If they shoot their yeah. faces, we have to worry about what they look like. <laughs> There could be three of them. There could be 30 of them. There could be 300 of them. We have no idea. Right. Uh, I think um, whoever did the costumes for this thing was probably like, oh, so I'm just going to like make shoes and, pa- and like the bottom half of pants. Like, right. easy. <laughs> who did the costumes for this? Was it Polly Smith? Or do you know who the... According... The, the wiki does not have a costume designer listed. I don't know if, if that means that they're... Was nothing in the credits? There's probably something in the credits, but I don't know who it was. They probably just pulled from stock. It's likely. Yeah. Wouldn't it take like six years for these mice to get to the top of a 40-foot tree or whatever? Like, I mean, mice can it, cl- probably climb pretty quick. I don't I know. Guess. Sure. It's magic. But I just like, what was their plan? I mean, it seems right. like they were like, yeah, we're going to cut this whole thing. So at the beginning, it's like they're going to cut down the top of this tree. Like the like the tippy top of it, which is oh, like the whole right. point of this special, is yeah. like oh it turns out that was the perfect tree all along. But like that was their plan from day one. That see that There's element no moral of it, I, to the I story. like. It's like you know, <laughs> it, it, it's the fun of you know like they every new person that the tree comes to. They have to cut it down, and then the mice get this little you know teeny version. Like that that right. part of it is fun, but. Yeah. No, I agree with you, but like that that was the mice mice's plan plan all from along the get-go. Yeah. yeah, they were just going to take that little piece anyway. So, I don't know, whatever. So this tree like it goes like the guys drop it off in the Willoughby's mansion and they stand it up and it's too tall. And so Robert Downey Jr. is like throwing around all these $5 words and he's trying to figure out, you know, oh, should we cut a hole in the ceiling? Should we cut a hole in the floor? And then Leslie Nielsen just lops off the top of it. Yeah. And let me tell you something. If it was the perfect tree, it no longer is. Like that's not right. a perfect tree. Like he cut like a like a third of it off the top. That's right. <laughs> that is not the end from which you cut. <laughs> like, no. If a Christmas no, tree correct. is too tall, you cut from the bottom. Like that's That's right. <laughs> Idiots. They don't know they don't know from Christmas. So, also, wait, I wanted to ask this about Mr. Willoughby. Yeah. Uh, how do you think he made his money? Um, uh, I'm going to guess writing for a thesaurus. <laughs> uh, because he has so many five and six and seven dollar words. Um, like, we didn't even go into the, you know, three different, like, uh, words he used for floor and ceiling like it i don't know it he looks like he could be an inventor or 
Yeah. Maybe it's family money. Like it really feels like family money because he's such a spoiled little brat. Yeah, you know that's what I'm gonna guess. But I like your idea. I like the idea that he he's like, oh, I wrote all these new words and I'm gonna <laughs> use them all the time until they're common knowledge. Like everyone's gonna be using, you know, splendiferous. Right, every other or day. Baxterian yeah. or whatever he says to Leslie Nielsen. <laughs> right. But that's that I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, so uh so now they have this top of the tree. Mr. Willoughby says, Baxter, you should take the tree, the new tree, because it makes a new tree. That seems right. Uh to Miss Adelaide, uh, who's Dr. Channing, who you mentioned before. Um yeah. and uh Miss Mr. Baxter seems horrified at this idea. That there's one other person who works in this building with him, and he is apparently completely intimidated by her. I think he has a crush on her, right? Like that's well, what yeah, yes. Okay. He absolutely yeah. does. Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Um, although I, I didn't look it up. I wonder what the age difference is. It doesn't even matter what the age difference is. He seems to be like like her dad's age. I think Leslie Nielsen went gray early. But True. You're... Also... Stucker Channing famously played a high schooler when she was like 35. Yeah. So, so a lot of age discrepancy stuff going on here. Stucker Channing is uh, 79. And right. Leslie Nielsen has passed away, but. He's dead. <laughs> right. So he's a good 20 years older than her. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, weird. Yeah, he, so he could have been her dad. That's super weird. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. Um, speaking of weird discrepancies, so Miss Adelaide is Swedish. Mm-hmm. And, sort boy, of. that accent sure sure comes and goes, doesn't it? <laughs> she is about as convincing a, a, a Swede as she is um, a high schooler. Uh, know, that's like true. She, uh being the first lady of the United States was the most convincing acting job she ever did. Uh, that may be true. Yeah. Yeah. It's also weird that, like, the the Muppets already have a very famous Swede in their ranks. <laughs> and so that's two Swedes that we she know of. She didn't even have a poster of of on her wall or anything. You know? Like, <laughs> like why not? It's built in. But, you know, that but could neither be why, of them like, sound like a real Swede. They're both like mock <laughs> Swedish, right? Now that I think about it, that could be why Kermit is so disconnected is because like they really wanted to separate it and like have it not be a Muppet story at all. You know, like it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Which is why she doesn't have a poster of uh, the chef on her wall. You know, like here's a hometown. How hero. hysterical would it be if this thing was all like kind of like. <laughs> period accurate or whatever the hell they're they're going for and then except except for that one tacked on poster with like like thumbtacks in the background of this Dr. Channing scene yeah uh of the Swedish chef so but no her her apartment instead is decorated with like what looks like about 150 lit candles which is such a fire hazard um and also i guess a metaphor for this special which is also a yep. fire hazard yeah. The uh, they spot the mice who have been hanging onto the treetop this whole time. Baxter goes straight to murder. He is ready to dispose of them, <laughs> despite the fact that they're wearing people clothes and like are clearly sentient. 
and like talking, like saying, please don't kill us, you know. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, please, sir, I, would li- I want some cheese, they should be saying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, so this, this Adelaide scene, though, is has, like, don't the, do it. The, yeah. This scene has the funniest line in the whole uh, special, though, when he says, uh, we have a tradition in my family where we don't put uh, fire on our hat or something like that. Like that. Yeah. Right, because he's he's wearing like a, a crown of candles, and she's about to light them, and that's yeah, right. He's like, "No, thank you." And, yeah. and you're right. That that might be the only joke in this special. Yes, I think that it, I think it is the only joke in the special. I'm gonna well, we're yeah. gonna go through this thing and see if we remember any other ones. But yeah, like they didn't really they didn't really try to make it funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so Miss Adelaide has the top of this tree. She puts it. Uh, up against the wall, which is kind of slanted because like, she's in the attic. And um, she's like, ah, <laughs> like this wall comes out too far. So instead of moving the tree about six inches away from the wall, she's going to cut off the top and throw it out the window with the mice. Just out the window. Just. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll just put this anywhere, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you wonder what else she throws out the window. Just like right. that trash. Like, th- yeah, just there's only two all. of them working there. Whose job is it going to be to collect this thing at the bottom? You know, like <laughs> yeah, maybe it's like I'll get it later. No big deal. Uh, so uh, the tree falls and it is taken by a bear who looks very much like Beth the bear from Up in Manhattan, which is pretty neat. Um, she's just back from snuggling with Fozzie Bear. Uh, uh, to get a Christmas tree. Uh, and she takes it back to their cave. Uh, there's her dad, who looks mysteriously like Bobo. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't sound anything like Bobo, but it, it sure looks like him. Uh, and it turns out they Until are celebrating... he sticks out his seven-foot tongue. Like he, Yeah, it's, he... so at one point, there, he, he's got a, a pot of honey, and he's licking it. Yeah, and that tongue sticks out, and it's disturbingly long. Well, and I skipped ahead. Like, exp- uh, yeah, yeah, it's talk okay. Talk about the song. Like, okay, so I, they're, this they're is dancing where I have stuff to, to the say. totally. They're dancing to the traditional honeypot waltz, which, mm-hmm. by the way, to me proves that they don't celebrate Christmas. Uh, they have their own holidays, which I think is kind of nice. This is sure. this is the equivalent of hey, and Mister Hooper, Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so yeah, so they do this dance. It's the, the honeypot waltz, and like they're not real. It's not really a dance. They're just kind of walking around each other with honeypots. It's not really anything. It's not much of a choreographed uh, scene. The audience won't be able to see this, but during this uh, song, I don't know if you can see what this is, but this bear, John Stone, was so just get on with it and do this thing that he did when they said, wait a minute, I can't hold this honey, you know, thing with my bear paws. He said, well, just stick your human hands out the end of the bear paws and hold it with your human hands. Like this thing holding this, uh, like whatever this is, uh, uh, yeah. Bear thing. Uh, I, so that's I, I, here's a human what I'm seeing hand in a glove. It's like, okay, picture like Bobo the bear. You know Bobo. Who doesn't love Bobo? And there's like a hole in the in his wrists where like like the you know Bill Beretta's human hands could come out. Yeah. And instead, and like where the hands come out, they're covered in you know they're like black gloves or something like that. So you you, you kind of can't see them, 
But th- that's what's holding onto these honeypots. And so when they're moving around holding the honeypot, it looks like there are two hands coming out of the wrist. One that looks like bear hands and one that are human hands. It's weird. It's it does not look like it's it's way below the standard that we're used to. Way below, with, uh, but you know, it's like this for the whole number. Like it. Yeah, it's like three just, minutes where all you could see is those hands because you can't look yes. away. Ah, uh, and I don't remember what this is. This must be later. Um, I'm sure it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, never mind. Um, but yeah, this. That's the first thing I noticed when I watched it, when it was on. Yeah. Was, like, I've been telling this story for, uh, what is it now, um, almost 30 years, that, like, this Christmas special has the, you know, the single worst shot in the world, which is this shot where, like, the performer's hands are just sticking out the ends of the, like, he just forgot to put, yeah. uh, it just... It makes this me so this angry. is like watching uh, the the movie Cats from a few years ago, where they uh, they left Judy Dench's hands like un CGI'd in a few scenes. Uh, did they? I, I didn't like, even see whatever, that movie. They just like, didn't care. Oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, but he, it's another. I, it's, it's a very similar example, I guess. John Stone was just like, okay, let's just get on with it. Do we know where this was shot? Did they do it in the carriage house? Like, what it had uh, to... No, it wasn't okay. the carriage house, but I don't know I don't know exactly where it was. This would have been, like, just, I think just before they had the carriage house. Okay. Um, but that's a good question. I would love to know. I mean, the, the uh, Mr. Willoughby's mansion set looks, like, big enough that they had a yeah. real set. You know what I mean? They had the carriage house um, in the 80s. Uh, because they shot the oh you're right you're right yeah I take that back stuff. you're right yeah yeah Cloud Forest was was there yeah no you're totally right in any case that tells you what I know I don't know anything uh so okay yeah this is such an embarrassing moment for Muppet history and like such a uh I don't know like an example of um how little anyone cared it's it really makes this whole special feel like we got to get it out the door because cbs is paying us a little bit of money to get something on on the air by december and yeah. we just need to move out move on with our lives we have sesame street to to film you know so i once again this tree that they now that these bears now have uh is too tall for their cave i guess the cave has low ceilings because we saw how short the 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 wall in Miss Adelaide's apartment was, <laughs> and she cut part of that off. Like already, it's like she, it looked like she threw about about twelve inches of a tree out the window. So these are very tiny yeah. bears, I guess. Uh, and uh, they chuck it, and um, also weird that like everyone just agrees to cut up a tree. Like, like they don't yeah. even consider anything else. There's no like, well, hang on, can we move it somewhere else? There's no, there's no, there's no problem solving. It's just, oh, just hack it. You can hack it. Yeah, that's what everyone does. Uh, the uh, new piece of tree is taken by the owls, mm-hmm. uh, who are the uh, uh, natural the- uh, predators of the mice, which is terrifying and like the weirdest looking puppet I've ever seen. Like this 
they have such a great history of making really good-looking owls, like Hoots and, you know, the owl from uh, Labyrinth. Uh, yeah. This, like, it doesn't even look like an owl. It's like... Is this... This is your your least favorite Muppet Owl, huh? A, a craft Muppet project yeah. that, like, yeah. somebody made in, like, a summer camp. Or, you know, like, they bring it home and the parent is like... That's great. Uh, why don't you tell oh, me we'll about the this fridge. thing that you made? <laughs> you know, they don't want to guess what it is because they don't want to upset their kid. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but here's the thing for me is so the owls take the take this tree and the mice to their like crystal cavern nest with like icicles hanging down. And they start like uh, I don't know how to say it other than they're singing a song, but they're not singing. I don't know how to describe this. It, it, it's like like a melodic synthesizer noise, and they're just kind of swaying around a little bit as if this is their Christmas tradition. Uh, and it's nothing. It definitely feels like we have about sixty seconds to get through this plot point, and we really have to move on. We've run out of time because that honey bear dance took up way more time than we expected. Oh. And it was only that good. Yeah, right. And the father, father mouse, is just like, oh, it seems like their tree is too tall too. They're gonna cut it up, and they get dropped out of the nest uh, once again to their death. And uh, yeah, like, how do these mice not have like severe physical ailments? Like after this? I know, right? Like <laughs> they they should be dead four times over now. And also, like, no reason why the owls didn't eat them. Like, right. once again, like, owls eat mice. Like, that is fact. Uh, and also, no, like, the, there's no ceiling. They're in they're uh, in a nest. Like, there's no way that their tree could have been, like, too short. Like, they, uh, they there's, like, forget it. We're just going to move on. They're going to cut it. They're going to move on because that's what happens in the book. We got to move on. Are they putting, it's just occurred to me, are they putting a Christmas tree in another tree? Like, oh, where, did, point. where do these owls yeah. live? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anything, because they, they're kind of doing away with, with like, traditions that we're familiar with, sure. they should have just been thinking, like, oh, we're going to put this uh, this Christmas tree as a part of our nest, and we only need a few twigs, and we can dump the rest of it. But they don't talk, so we don't know anything. They just kind of sway and look stoned. Yeah. That, yeah. It's so much of the cast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Slays and look stoned. Um, yep. Uh, so now uh, the mice have found themselves with their perfect tree because now it's finally the size that they like. Right. Picky, picky. Uh, and they're they were dropped off right in front of the Willoughby house where they live. Um, but then once again, Mister Baxter picks one of them up, and he has murder in his eyes. He's ready to <laughs> drown the the mice. Well, he's got that handy axe that he can, you know, like just. Yeah. Like, there's that one murder shot from earlier where he like just picks up the axe right in the yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same uh, look that I had in my eyes as I was watching the special. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, but then Stocker Channing starts singing some song about you know reminding him that murder is bad. Merry Christmas! So he lets the mouse go, and the mice get to go home with their tiny little treetop like they originally planned on doing. Uh, and then, uh, Kermit comes back. Remember Kermit? Remember him? He was, he was in this thing for a minute at the top. He, uh, he's back via satellite. 
yeah, in chroma right. key. <laughs> Uh, and he's like, oh, we're, we're here at Mr. Willoughby's party, which I totally forgot that Mr. Willoughby was going to be throwing a party. Did you remember this? No. Yeah. Like, like that was the whole purpose of Kermit walking through this, the, the woods to get there. Also, why, why didn't even think about this? If Kermit was just riding his bike through the woods, this would have been so much better. Why he, right. where is he coming from? Why is he walking? Like think Kermit famously rides a bike. How cool would that have been to see him doing that again in 1995? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Who like, cares? I'm thinking about. I'm I'm focusing on the wrong stuff. Yeah, they they clearly did not care. So why should you? No. Good point. Good point. Um, speaking of not caring, this party looks like it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it really six does. old people kind of dancing. <laughs> the host is clearly inebriated. Uh. Is there anyone and, his uh, age there's like, even at this party? Like, no, everyone there is either mad old, and there's like three kids there who are just like shaking presents and and guessing what's inside. Um, three kids who are trained to look like they they're having fun, right? Uh, and uh, Miss Adelaide and Baxter have a little dance, and here's the thing: they they have this exchange, which has been driving me crazy since I rewatched the special. She says, Mr. Baxter, where did you learn to dance like this? And he says, Miss, have you ever been to Buenos Aires? And it's, it's, he says it like, again, the cadence of a joke. But that's not a joke. No. Like, what is he talking about? <laughs> is it referencing something from earlier in the special? No. I mean, unless I blacked out, which is possible, I guess. But I, I mean, I guess he's trying to say to her, like, I learned it in Buenos Aires. But that's not a joke. That's not a joke. It's not a reference. It's nothing. No. Why did he say it? Why was it in the script? Is it a come Noah. on? Like, is he inviting her to Buenos? Like, you know, if you like me dancing, you should watch me go to Buenos Aires. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I can't. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I should. I should pull out the book and see if it's in there. I we should ask Mitchell not. Kriegman. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So in the end, I guess, like, everyone gets a shoddily chopped up piece of a tree. Merry Christmas. Uh, what What is the moral of the story? You know, I, I can't, since you said it, I can't stop thinking about something. Uh, when Miss, is Miss Adelaide, is that her name? Uh, yeah. Throws out the th- the piece of tree that she didn't want it's only about a foot and a half of a tree yeah right right how is that too tall for a bunch of bears well that's what i was saying earlier like they must be I the know. smallest bears yeah like like the, they they obviously had like no uh consistency with like how big is the tree, and then how big is the piece that they cut off, and then how big is the piece they cut off of that? Like they, it, it wouldn't have taken them that much effort to figure it out. It would have taken us five my, minutes. My brain can't uh, do the math on why they did that. So uh, here's what happened: she dropped that tiny ass tree out the window, <laughs> right? And then the bears yeah. went and found a second tree that was too tall. Oh my gosh! And, like. <laughs> So the story just started over. They just didn't mention it. 
<laughs> so, okay. So by by this logic, every tree is the perfect tree. Maybe that's the moral of the story. Oh, yeah. Whoa. If it's your Christmas tree, it, it is the perfect tree, which is also the moral of a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? I'm <laughs> that pathetic little tree, but it was perfect. It was just the tree they needed. You know, wow. we were almost we out of this really thing, something and today. I and I rewound us, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's fine. This whole this thing's a mess. Our conversation might as well be a mess as well. Yeah. So, and then like, okay, so then Kermit leaves the party, and he's like, first of all, he's the first one to leave, which tells you something because he's by himself. He's walking yep. out, and the the metal gate. Uh, that lead into the compound, like like eerily close behind him, like creaking, like like they're alive, <laughs> uh, like in the Adams family or something. And uh, I don't know why did who? How does he know this guy? How do you think Kermit knows Mister Willoughby to like well enough to get invited to this party? Um, I've done enough, like private parties and hosting events and whatnot. I'm guessing that one of Mr. Willoughby's people hired Kermit to narrate something. Oh, yeah. As entertainment for people wandering past. Yeah. And that's why he's just walking away, because this is just a job to him. He's like, yeah. Yeah. no, I don't want to, I don't want food, because then you might not give me my full, you know, like, fee. I just want to go. Like, and so yeah, I like that. Walking away, I, I like that. Like Kermit, Kermit was a celebrity hired to be at this party. Yeah, he did the job. Like I did the narration. You guys, you guys stay. You have a good time. Right. I'm gonna go. I've I've made my appearance. My, uh, uh, my yeah, friend's that dad plays a lot. piano and got hired once to just sit in a gazebo in somebody's backyard and play for anybody who happened to be walking by. Like I think Kermit wow. is just you know. Just stand there and narrate something. Like, just, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and yeah. this is exactly the kind of behavior someone who has such an obnoxious amount of wealth like Mr. Willoughby right. would do. To be like, yes, I hired a famous frog to narrate my party. Right. <laughs> like, the neighbors are going to be talking about the Willoughby party for years. And of course, and I got the perfect tree. <laughs> and because he's bored, Kermit's just noticing what the mice and the bears are doing. You know, like he's not even. He's like, oh, you know, Mr. Willoughby, he like wanted me to stand here and say a bunch of bull. So like, oh look, it's a mouse. You know, like. Do you think that Mr. Willoughby was upset that Kermit wasn't narrating Mr. Willoughby's life in this moment? He's like, why are you talking about the? I hired you for my party. I'm Mr. Willoughby. Talk about me and my butler. <laughs> And the lady who lives upstairs in my tree that I that we cut up. Yeah. I don't know. It that's that's just my guess. That's a good one. I like that. I, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah. that's gonna be my headcanon from now on. Um there's one more thing to this special that is worth mentioning that I discovered uh by while looking at the Muppet Wiki article for oh, this, this special. Uh so there was a commercial, like an ad for the special that aired uh-huh. at the time. Um, that has a voiceover uh, of Kermit the Frog being like, oh, there's a special with Leslie Nielsen and Sucker Jenner. You're going to watch it. But it's not Steve Whitmire. It's uh, it? a voice actor named Brian Cummings, who was he Played was like Kermit? the... the 
in in that ad. I mean, it's just the voice. Uh, and uh, it, so he, Brian Cummings would, would do – he was the guy who did all the promos on CBS back then. So I'm sure okay. he was just like, I don't know, I do a good enough Kermit if you can't get the real guy. And they're it? like, yeah, yeah, just do that. Yeah, so if you go to the Muppet Wiki, okay. there's a video. You can you can watch it. Uh, you can watch the ad. And uh, they call it a Nabisco Family Classic, which I like because it's sponsored apparently by sure. Nabisco. Yeah. It's not a Muppet Family Classic, that's for sure, but it's Nabisco. Nabisco will own it. So uh, so from here on, we're all boycotting Nabisco products because of what <laughs> they let happen in 1995. That's right. Never, Never forget, Noah. Never forget. Never forgive. So you said at the top of this podcast that there was some good and some bad. We've definitely covered a lot of the bad. Yeah. But Noah, what was what was good about this thing? What was your favorite part of Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree? <laughs> oh yeah. I know it's so hard to choose, right? It's so hard to find. Um Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think My favorite part of the the whole thing has got to be it's either hearing David Rudman because he's great all the time. Yep. Yep. Or it's that uh, we don't, in my tradition, we don't light our hats on fire uh, line. Like that, you know, that was the only thing where I kind of went, you know, like... (laughs) Is this special so bad it's good? Like, is this like like watching The Room, or is it just like painfully dull? It's so the uh, the good parts of it's painfully dull. The good parts about it is the the scenes where it's just uh the mice family, um. Like and they're talking to each other because Kevin and Julian uh, and uh, David are good David, at you know yep. playing off of each other. Um, yep. And like that's the only parts where you can almost say, "Well, don't pay attention to any of that other stuff. Like, just focus on this." It's a nice like everybody takes a piece of the tree. Like that element to it is great. Like there, it's much in the like Henson. Like there's room for everybody, you know, uh, uh, thing. Like we all have a place in the universe. Um, uh, a special that is executive produced by Michael Frith, written by Mitchell Kriegman, directed by John Stone. Uh, sounds like it's going to be the most heartwarming Christmas thing ever. Like Kevin Clash yep. is good, Rudman's good, Julianne Bisher's good, uh, you know, and Steve Whitmire. Like they're all good. Uh, Downey, you know, <laughs> up until that point had been great. He was great in Chaplin. He was great as a kid. Like. Leslie Nielsen's very funny. Ooh, it's going to be funny, you know? Like it it yeah, it is yeah, setting yeah. us up yeah. for so much win. <laughs> and then 
it it's it like isn't. it just isn't. it isn't yeah. it just isn't right i hear you i i it's i i every time i see this special I, I go through the same thought process that we just went over the past hour you know everything you just said about all the potential the stuff about the bare hands the stuff about the boring owls like every little bit of this i just like i feel like i just replay it every single time i watch the special and i find that fascinating of like how aggressively bad it is but i don't know if it's if that puts in the category of so bad it's good no like i want it to be so bad it's good um and there are pieces of it like we we used to do these muppet vault events uh, uh like these live events in brooklyn and uh, at our Christmas event, we would always play the intro to this with Kermit wandering on, on you know, through the woods and then cut to Robert Downey Jr. doing the beginning of The Perfect Tree and everyone has a good laugh. You know, it would be a little a little bit of a punishment to show any more than that. Um, but, uh, you know, it definitely at points is absolutely so bad it's good. Uh, as a whole, it's a little too, like, Star Wars holiday special, you know, it's just like, oh, oh man, yeah. it's make, sometimes it's hard being a Muppet fan because uh, it's not bad enough to be so bad it's good. Correct. Yeah. Like, yeah, it needs to be just, like aggre- like more aggressively bad uh, to be able just, to like get your friends together every year and, and have a good laugh. Right. And uh, because to have a good laugh at Downey feels mean <laughs> because right. he clearly yeah. is not in a great place in his life. And, you know, like right. uh, to having a great having a laugh at how terrible the script is, is fine, because right. assuming that he didn't make up those, you know, unpronounceable words um, that he's tasked with saying. And those were all written by Mitchell Kriegman trying to make him into a uh, Mr. Megorium uh, or, you know, but even that isn't so bad. It's funny. It's just right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll say this. Uh, it was a joy to have a reason to rewatch this, <laughs> if only so that you and I could have this conversation today. Like, yeah. It was fun to be able to just rip this one apart and go scene by scene. And honestly, that may have been the last time I ever watch it. I think, yep, I think we topped too. it. <laughs> I loved, exactly. Yeah, I loved having a reason to watch this. And now I'm reminded of everything I hate about it, and I never have to watch it again. And I am vindicated because I have been telling people for years about those hands sticking out of the bear paws. And <laughs> now I've seen it and I have proof and like, yep. Yep. That yep, it's on a podcast. Now everyone part knows. alone is satisfying. So, yeah. yes. Well, and anyone who wants to see those bear hands, or if you just need to see Mr. Willoughby's Christmas tree for your, with your own eyes, uh, it is shockingly not available uh, on home video. It came out on, on a DVD in Mexico, if you can believe that. That's it. Uh, so uh, head on over to YouTube. I don't feel bad uh, you know, directing you to the bootleg. 
if it doesn't exist nope. anywhere else. But it's on YouTube. You can watch it there. Um, it's only a half hour long. Watch it with your family and then say, gotcha. So, Noah, if they thank are, you again if for they joining are still us. sitting there. Yeah, right. If they're still like, there. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Noah, thank you so much for joining me for this. This was a blast to get to talk about the special with you. Uh, can you please let these fine folks know where on the Internet, if anywhere, that they could find you? You can see my art. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's at art by Noah Gen X. Or you can see my puppets there uh, at Noah Gen X Puppet Co. Um, you can Google my name and a ton of things will pop up. Um, and you can uh, see my art on Tough Pigs. I do it there sometimes. Like, uh, Yeah, I, I do have to, to direct people. Last year you did a, a fantastic uh, daily series of Muppet illustrations for the entire year. And we I think we I think we published all of them on Tough Pigs. I don't think we missed any. Uh, yeah. If we did, I apologize. I meant to. Um, but, like, man, you did so much amazing stuff. And, like, there's, like, a, a Bob's Burger series and a Batman series and, uh, like, all these great crossovers with Muppets. And they're hysterical and very weird. And I love them all. Uh, and you're still making great Muppet art. So everyone should follow you and on I'm Instagram. I'm thinking of doing another uh, another drawing a day. Uh, another drawing a day? Uh, another drawing a day. We'll see. Uh, the first great. one will, of, of course, have to be uh, a, a, you know... Uh, tribute to you because uh, <laughs> your birthday is the first important day of the year. So uh, uh, I appreciate that. That that brings a lot of joy to my face. Uh, yeah, I, I I feel honored to be to be your first drawing and like what a well, way to, I, to set up for for disappointment. <laughs> I feel honored to be here. Uh, I I love Tough Pig so much, uh, oh, and thank you. I'm just excited to be. Uh, to be back on a po- on a Tough Pigs podcast. So thanks. Oh, great. Well, it's a joy to have you here. Uh, and folks, uh, if you like what you've heard, uh, hopefully you'll check us out on toughpigs.com. We're also on all of the social media networks like Twitter and Facebook and Blue Sky and Threads and Instagram and Tumblr and TikTok. Uh, we also have a Patreon and a TeePublic uh, where we're selling some cool stuff. And um, we also have a Discord now, uh, so please check out our Discord and join in on the conversation and uh, make some friends with some more Muppet fans like us. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will be back next week with another episode of The Worst of the Muppets Holiday Edition. Bye, everyone. Bye.